I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to The Last Show on Earth. I'm Alistair Brammer. And I'm John Owen-Jones. And welcome to the podcast where each episode we ask our guest the big, big question that nobody ever needed to ask. If there was a huge meteor hurtling towards Earth, threatening to destroy life as we know it, and you could see one more show before you die, what would it be? It can be anything you want, a show you've seen before, one that you wish you'd seen, or something even that you've made up entirely. Our guest today is none other than the glorious Carrie Hope Fletcher. Carrie is a West End star, a best-selling novelist, and one of the original YouTube vloggers. As a child, she appeared in shows such as Chitty Chitty Bang Bang and Les Miserables. And as an adult, she's appeared in shows such as Chitty Chitty Bang Bang and Les Miserables. <laughs> as well as Heathers, The Adams Family, and is currently playing the title role in Andrew Lloyd Webber's Cinderella in London's West End. With a brand new book on its way and a solo UK tour in the works, we are thrilled that she agreed to come and chat to us about her actually very lovely idea for a last show on Earth. Now, when we remotely recorded this episode, Carrie was sadly unable to perform in Cinderella due to COVID-19, but we are delighted to say she made a swift recovery and was back in the show in no time at all. In this episode, we discuss social media trolls, kids' TV star Mr. Tumble, Justin Fletcher, no relation, and her pop star brother, Tom Fletcher, from the band McFly. John, this meteor is hurtling towards us at terrifying speed, so we must get on. So, please, enjoy the last show on earth of the truly scrumptious Miss Carrie Hope Fletcher. My parents are just the most supportive people, and they always said to us, like, no matter what we want to do, if we want to be astronauts if we want to be lawyers doctors actors artists whatever we'll go for it right. and they'll find a way to sort of yeah whatever it is they've always they've always said like no matter what we'll find a way to make it happen so they said you can be anything you want and you and tom basically decided to be everything yeah <laughs> yeah that was yeah essentially yeah <laughs> yeah yeah Ask a question, nobody dared to ask. If you had a day to live, what show would be your last? What is your last show on earth? This is the last show on earth. My name is John, my name is Al. Been friends a long time past. You want to know what show you see? If you knew it was to be your last, what is your last show on earth? This is the last show. Welcome to the last show on earth, Carrie Hope Fletcher. Hello. How are you, darling? I'm good. I've got COVID, but I'm fine. How are oh, you? Right. Oh, right. I COVID. haven't got COVID. Uh, neither have I. You've had it, though, have you, Al? Yeah. Yeah, Lots so fine. My tense of taste and smell. Yeah. Yes, and your, your sense of how to speak. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Yeah. Um, Look at your little library behind you, Carrie. Look at that. 
My library, yeah. yeah. My is it colour coded? It is indeed. Yeah, I don't do things by halves. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I, mean, I, 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 I thought know. it was going to be one of those like really simple tasks. I thought it'd take like an hour. Took me an entire afternoon. And it's yeah. one of those things like once you've started, you can't stop because there's just books everywhere blocking doorways. So, right, so, so the, hang on. For the people who are listening, they don't know what you're talking about, Alistair. So should we just, there's that, there's that full bookshelf right behind her, yeah? Yeah. Really, it goes from well blue organized. to black to brown. And then the next row is like brown into red into pink. And then it's like pink into orange into yellow. It's amazing. Right. It looks you. like... It looks it looks like one of those colour charts that you get from like B and Q for like crown paint. You know <laughs> that what I mean? is what I was using to order them all. Right. So is that have you literally ordered them by colour? Yeah. Really? Yeah. It means it means I can't find anything. I was gonna yeah, say that must be hell. <laughs> you just do a quick Google. Just do a quick Google, see what colour the front cover is. Wow. And then you can right. find it. Okay, but what if it's a separate foreign edition or something and it's uh... wait, hang on, they're not all your books, are they? The ones that you've written? Yeah. Obviously, this is the product of lockdown. So prolific. Nice to meet you, Stephen King. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go back to the beginning very briefly. So you you started as an actress, right? Yes. Yes. When I was a kid. We don't want to talk about your brother, but obviously he's he's an artist and a musician and a writer himself. Yeah. Um, But let's talk about your parents very quickly. Are they artistic or in the entertainment industry at all? No, they're not. They're artistic, but right. quietly from the privacy of their own home. My dad plays guitar and he used to be in a band that used to play around like YMCA's and pubs and stuff. But right. he used to work uh, in a Kodak factory in Silver Recovery. Um, so he was like a factory worker and my mum was a mean? learning support teacher. Uh, Silver Recovery, to this day, I still have no idea exactly right. what that job entails. But, sounds good. It sounds like yeah. he's a pirate. <laughs> so Yeah, Silver Arr. Recovery. Yeah, like yeah. the nice term for a pirate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I'm presuming it's something to do with the chemical process of the silver that's used yeah. in the, the, the films, yeah? And what did your mother do? He's just one intelligent person here. <laughs> I'm presuming. I don't know. I'm presuming. So what did your mother do? He's, he's a pirate. Shut up. Move on. Yeah, he was a pirate. Um, and yeah, my mum was a learning support teacher for children with special needs in a school, in a primary school. So, so is my mum. Oh, really? And my wife's a teacher. Yeah. So, ah. yeah, there we are. There we are. And that is the end of the podcast. Well done, everyone. That was really interesting. <laughs> good. That was good. Four minutes of solid gold. Yeah, solid silver. Solid silver, actually, hey. Al, yeah. So how on earth have you and your brother... Wait, have you got any other siblings? No, it's just me and Tom. Just me You've and been phenomenally successful. I mean, unusually so. I mean, there's often just one person in a family, isn't there? But you and your brother have been, well, I mean, you, you know, you're national treasures, the both of you. How on earth oh, did so. that come about? Um, my parents are very, they are very musical and they love musicals. Like they're huge, huge musical theatre fans. There was always music within our household. So it was kind of natural that me and Tom loved musicals and music ourselves. Um but they all, my parents are just the most supportive people and they always said to us, like, no matter what we want to do, if we want to be astronauts, if we want to be lawyers, doctors, actors, artists, whatever, go for it. And they'll find a way to sort of make that process happen, whether it's funding piano lessons or, uh, you know, trying to get us flying lessons one day. Right. They've, yeah, they've always, they've always said, like, no matter what, we'll find a way to make it happen. So they said you can be anything you want and you and Tom basically decided to be everything. Yeah. So yeah, that was yeah, essentially yeah. So you started as an actress, and then you kind of fell into um, writing and YouTubing and all that stuff. Yeah. But I remember when I first met you back in this must be God 
at least seven or eight years ago yeah. at one of the events associated with Les Mis, and I made a beeline for you because my daughter <laughs> was a big fan of yours oh, no way. on social media. <laughs> yeah, and um, she's, uh, she was like, go, go, go and say hello for me. So I got a picture and I sent it to her and she was thrilled, you know. And me being an older man, I had no idea who you were. Well, of course. You know, I mean, I knew that you were like musical theatre and stuff and you'd done that. But all your other stuff, your social media, your YouTube and you've got a huge social media following. Is that something that bears on you sometimes? Do you worry about that? Has it been a problem? Oh, yeah. It's not been a problem, but it's definitely something that's always in the back of my mind, no matter what I'm doing, whether it's writing or acting or just kind of everyday life. It's kind of always in the back of my mind. Um, But that was a complete and utter accident. Like, I've always wanted to be a writer. I've always wanted to be an actress. But the YouTube thing that I kind of really stumbled into that, it was just a thing I did because I was bored and unemployed Mm. and just wanted a way to pass the time and do something vaguely creative so just started making videos of myself singing musical theatre songs but how does that oh right singing musical theatre songs yeah very good I was gonna say how do you like because I wouldn't have like an idea like oh I'm gonna go and talk about like I wouldn't know where to start how do you find an audience when you don't have one yeah that's right yeah it's it started off with just covers of songs like the first sort of 30 to 50 videos on my channel is literally just pop songs and musical theatre songs um but it was around the beginning of 2012 uh, that YouTube started making a huge rise and vloggers became a thing. Like the word vlogger was suddenly a term that everyone was using. Um, And I became like a massive fan of a bunch of people who were vlogging and just recording their everyday lives and telling stories and chatting. Um, So I thought, sod it, I'm not doing anything else. I might as well give it a go and made a few friends via the YouTube vlogging community who all kind of encouraged me to to give it a go. And it literally just snowballed from there. I kind of just got on the YouTube bandwagon around the time that it was skyrocketing. Well, I was I was teaching the other day. I've got a student that I teach in Florida. She just she basically just do rep with her, and we were doing that song from something. Jenny's afraid of water. I mean, she oh, yeah, swims yeah. and all, but still. And I, I was like, I'll just find like let's just find an example online. Is oh oh Carrie's done one. Let's watch that one. So we, we <laughs> yeah, watched, literally we, like we used yours as like a teaching tool. Ten years ago, yeah, that was yeah. one of my first first ever videos. Yeah. yeah, but you'd also you'd done like child acting, right? Yes, yeah. You did Young Eponine in Les Mis. I wasn't in it with you, was I? Maybe I was. I don't know. Oh God. Odds are you did do it with John, just because he's played it the majority of the time it's been open. Uh, yeah. That is true. Yeah. That is very true. Yeah, I think I'm... it was like, it was possibly ninety nine, two thousand. <laughs> yeah, I was there then. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Good. I mean, I left just just during 99 to go and work elsewhere. And then I joined Phantom, I think, in 2001. So, Brilliant. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you probably work. Because as a Valshon, you work more um, with Little Cosette. Yeah. Because, you know, you do all the scenes. So Little Eponine, I probably didn't take any notice of you whatsoever. I was really annoying. So. It's quite a pathetic. It's quite a pathetic role. Oh, yeah. And Little Eponine now. Little Eponine does loads of stuff in the show. Like, she's in Paris. She does something at the beginning as well in the farm. I just walked on with a doll and walked back off again, and that was literally was ten seconds of stage time. Easy money, easy money, yeah. <laughs> lovely. But then spin forward a number of years, and we're on stage together in Dubai. The three of us, yes. But you were playing a uh, grown-up Eponine. I was, yeah, yes, yeah. So then, like me, you've worked your way through the roles in the show to then play. Yeah, Fonte. Madam T is is my yeah. last one. Madam T is the one that I'm trying to collect. Give me a few years. Yeah, quite <laughs> quite a few years. They're like Pokemon. You're slowly collecting them. <laughs> All right, so um, let's do a little bit we call "What Three Words." 
Now, do you know Alistair Brammer has this unique ability to tell you how many uh, letters are in a sentence? Yes, we've talked about this. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing. Great. So here we go then with what three words? What three words have you heard that you like to challenge Al with? It's a special skill to give you a thrill and prove he's a real wordsmith. Give him three words and he can say how many letters they contain right away. What three words have you heard that you'd like to challenge Al with? Oh, what three words have you heard that you'd really like to challenge Al with? Carrie Hope Fletcher, what are your three words? Treacle jam honey. Fifteen. What three words have you heard that you'd like to challenge Al with? It's a special skill to give you a thrill and prove he's a real wordsmith. Give him three words and he can say how many letters they contain right away. What three words have you heard that you'd like to challenge Al with? Oh, what three words have you heard that you'd really like to challenge Al with? So... You've been enormously successful in musicals, it's fair to say, and now you're a successful author. What's next? I have no idea. I'm asking myself that all the time. Yeah. Mm. Maybe I do need to start thinking like astronaut. <laughs> yeah, or maybe... Just something completely different, yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe you could be the first musical theatre star in space. That could be the thing. You're in Cinderella at the moment. Well, obviously not right now because of COVID. Yeah, fun. And, you know, that's been, that's been a journey, hasn't it? Yes, it has been a journey um, for many, many reasons. Um, but I originally, I didn't even know it was Cinderella. Uh, he was a co-producer on Heather's. Um, mm. So I'd come to see that a few times at the Haymarket and I'd met him backstage there. Um, and then at the beginning of 2019, I think, yes, 2019, um, I was just asked to go in and learn a few songs for a new project. Yeah. I had no idea that it was Cinderella. Um, so I... I just went in and got told on the day. I didn't even know that he was going to be there or that Emerald Fennell was anything to do with it. And I was a big fan of hers because of Call the Midwife. Yeah. Um, so it was a really weird day of going, oh my God, that's Emerald Fennell from Call the Midwife. And then going in and she's actually there to have a chat with me. I was like, oh, okay, this is bizarre. Um, but yeah, and they, they sat me down and told me what this new idea for Cinderella was going to be, um, which I loved. I love a fairy tale. I'm a big Disney fan as well. And I loved the idea of taking something very Disney and almost kind of making that the spoof version yeah, yeah. at the beginning Subverting, of the show. Kind yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, and then making it a little bit darker and a bit edgier. Um, and then we did a workshop, and then off the back of that, I was offered the role, but then, of course, COVID hit. And yeah, but let's, let's, just, let's just pause there for a second. You did the workshop. Did you do that with anyone else that I know? A few people, I think. Yeah, I mean, like, like this guy here, Alistair Brammer. Yeah, yeah, possibly. Yeah, I did, and then, I did one of the early workshops. Yeah, yeah, and then you didn't get the role, did you, Alistair? No, um, so I mean. think I think <laughs> that what so happened. Evil. I think what happened was they. I did. I did the workshop, and they thought he's not talented enough. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, I do. I do tons of workshops, and they usually they like to use actors with more experience to help develop the piece. Yeah. But we know as actors that we're not necessarily going to get cast in that show. I mean, I did a workshop just the other day, um, which I can't say anything about because I signed a non-disclosure agreement. It's a very sensitive project. 
But the role I was playing was literally nothing like me. It was like, it's obviously going to be cast by someone else. But I was in the room because the director wanted to work with me on helping develop the show, you know. And that's what happened with you, right? Al? Well, that was that was the same with this. When I read the script, I was like, it's very, very nice that I've been asked to come and, uh, and sing these songs and read this script. And I, and I, I, I liked the script. But it was just like, yeah, it's not really... It's, he, he was sort of meant to be like the sort of the opposite of Prince Charming. And whilst I don't sit, sit here saying I look like Brad Pitt, I'm not hilariously the opposite of Prince Charming. But, you know yeah, I, mean? I mean, you've been playing Fiero, who's like... Prince Charming. Prince Charming. Yeah, yeah, sure, exactly. So to then have a part that's literally meant to be the opposite of Prince Charming, it's kind of... Yeah, they'd have to put on a sort of Danny DeVito wig or something. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that, that was fine. Congratulations, Carrie. Congratulations, Carrie. Yeah. Really yeah, well done. Well, really listen, I mean, we've touched on your career so far, as it were, but no, I think it's an excellent opportunity to ask you some questions based on your life and career. Are you ready for oh, this? God. Uh, uh, probably not, but okay, go, go right, for it. Okay, well, this is Al's 10 questions. Here we go. Carrie Hope Fletcher, are you ready? No, go. Dum, dum, dum. Question one You were in a Christmas carol at the Lyceum, which is based on a book by which writer? Alan Menken. No, no. Charles Dickens. Oh, dear me. Oh, dear me. <laughs> I had it in my head, Alan Menken. No, no, no. Um, it is uh, Charles Dickens. Yes, uh, the most famous writer in the world. Uh, you have played Eponine and Fontaine in Les Miserables. Name another actress that's done this. Oh, oh. Lisa Longa. Correct. Yes. You played Veronica Sawyer in Headers at the Theatre Royal Haymarket. What is the capacity of that theatre? A clue, oh. a clue, all three digits are the same. Oh, is it? Oh, is it nine nine nine? Eight eight eight. Oh no! Yeah. Damn it! You played Jane Banks in Mary Poppins. Complete this lyric: Chim chimney, chim chimney, chim chim cheru. Good luck will rub off when I shake hands with you. Very good. Um, number five. <laughs> you also played Truly Scrumptious in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. What was the name of the actress who played in her in the movie who sadly died this year? Uh oh. Sally Ann Howes. Correct. Yes. You starred in a TV ad with sitcom star Kelsey Grammer for what cereal? Honey Nut Cheerios. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Question seven. You were in War of the Worlds alongside Jason Donovan, Brian McFadden and Shane Ward. Which one was the nicest? Oh, that's mean. <laughs> <laughs> that's mean. I did it with Jason twice, so I'm going to have to say Jason. Good. Okay. Question eight. Ins Rampenlicht is the German translation of which of your book titles? Ins Rampenlicht. God. Ins Rampenlicht. Licht. Oh my God. In the time we lost? In the spotlight. Ah. Yeah. Your debut novel, On the Other Side, sold 500 million copies. True or false? False. (laughs) As if. Question 10. 500 million. That's so many. (laughs) Question number 10. You played Wednesday Adams in The Adams Family. Name another day of the week. Friday. No, sorry, it was Monday. There we go. Very good. (laughs) Excellent. Well done. Well done. How many did you get right? I think she got a clear five out of ten. That's all right. Great. No, it's, it's, it's the worst so far. It's the worst so far. (sighs) 
that was Al's 10 questions. Did you enjoy it? I did enjoy that. I, I'm sweating <laughs> profusely from every pore, but so yes. So am I. I mean, Charles Dickens will be spinning in his grave. I know. To... It's because I was thinking about who wrote that version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So now let's talk about Cinderella a little bit more, um, you know, because okay. you're not just doing eight shows a week. Are you doing eight shows a week? You don't have an alternative. I'm doing six. You're doing yes. six. Did I'm you start six. off doing eight? Yes. Right, yeah. So whilst you were doing eight shows a week initially, you were also writing your latest book. I was, yes. And that that's With This Kiss. Yes, correct. Is that, is that any kind of, is that related in any way to the story of Cinderella? It is not, no. no. Was it inspired by it or was it an idea that was bouncing around for a while? It's been one that's kind of been brewing. I've wanted to write something a little bit darker for a while and this is about a woman who can see how someone is going to die when she kisses them. Mm. So she always kind of knows the end, not just the ending of their relationship, but the ending of of that person's life. Uh, And so she's kind of sworn off relationships because she's like, why why would I enter into a relationship with someone if I'm going to have to go through the trauma of seeing how they die every time we kiss? But also, what if I kiss them and they die tomorrow and I fall in love with this person and by the time we have our first romantic kiss, they're 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 off tomorrow and that's it. Yeah. Um, so she kind of swears off all relationships until she meets a guy called Grayson uh, who walks into her place of work, which is a cinema in London. Right. And he's a he's a complete hopeless romantic and so is she. Oh, it, sounds, it sounds very romantic. Yeah. Are you a hopeless romantic? Oh, God, yeah. Sorry, you I wasn't I wasn't talking to you, I Carrie. Am. I wasn't oh. talking to you. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Me? Yeah. I bought my wife a little blue mini fridge for Valentine's Day. So no then. So that's a no then. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'd say that's romantic. I'd want a blue mini fridge. It's it's useless. It's 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 really loud. It's really loud, and you can fit about one (laughs) muller corner in it. It's it's useless. Great. So you are a hopeless romantic then, Carrie. Yeah. Yes, massively so. So are you always going to write kind of romantic books, romantic novels, or are you going to go elsewhere? Are you going to veer into horror? Oh, let, let's not talk about know. Cinderella I've never seen anymore. Ever. <laughs> Are you going to veer into horror or thrillers or what about an autobiography? Have you ever thought of writing anything well, my like first, that? My first book was nonfiction, and it was it was based on a blog that I was writing about all of the stupid things I did as a teenager when I right. thought I knew everything, yeah. compared to when I wrote it and was a bit older and was looking back at myself, going, "What was I doing? Mm. Why was I so arrogant to think that I knew best?" Well, that do you know what? That's really great because because. The internet is full now of people telling us how how our lives are meant to be lived, including seventeen year olds who are like, I just think that like people can just be selfish and like that, and you, you and it's like you think you do think who who are you to tell me? So it's it's very very nice that you as a slightly older. It's person, always the medical stuff as well. It's when you, you're talking about, like, especially now in, like, the times of COVID, where you, you say something about COVID, or oh, I've tested positive, or I've got a sniffle or something, and suddenly you've got a hundred people who are not trained in the medical profession whatsoever, all messaging you about exactly what you need to do next. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very, and, and, and that must be, for you, that must be a bit of a, now that you've got such a large social media following, you've got responsibility. Yeah. Where you have to be so careful with what you say and what you, you can't just put an, a, a sort of something that you've thought as like an opinion because people will take that as gospel, right? Yeah, and you'll end up apologising for it because 
if you're a sensitive person like I am. There's lots of people who can just post anything and they don't care who they offend. Um, but I really care. I'm the worst for caring. So as soon as I post something and someone messages me saying, actually, that was really offensive, I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'll take it down and delete it immediately. So you're not harsh with the block button then? I mean, you know, the Oh, I'm really button. harsh. With, yeah. I'm so I'm so harsh with those. Yeah. Um, but then I'll spend the rest of the day thinking about what they said to make me block them in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I remember when I was like, I remember when I was in like, Les Mis, I was 20 when I was playing Marius, and there was, uh, there was, there were like videos, you know, people film it, don't they, in secret, yeah. and they put it up. And the comments, you know, some of them were nice, and some of them were just awful. Yeah. And you go, oh my, and you're like, oh, like, I can't believe people think that about me. And this, you know, when I was 20, I took that, I took that to heart. Now, I, I, it really is water off a duck's back, because you yeah. realise that what they're doing is saying things about themselves more than about you. Yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah, 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 absolutely. You know? That's exactly right. That's the best way to look at it. But yeah, it's so stupid, you know, you can be so oversensitive. But do you think people are going to be sensitive about your choice for your last show on Earth, Carrie? That was not smooth. That was, really <laughs> that was a Come not on. smooth transition. That was very smooth. Do you think Possibly. That, do you think, do you think well, you're going to write a book about your last show on Earth, Carrie? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, don't mock me. I spent ages working on that. <laughs> so yeah, so your last show on Earth. Let's go on yes. to that then, because that's why we're here. Yes. Now, this show that you've chosen, uh, it's my favourite show. Is it? I didn't know that. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And it's a show I've done a couple of times, and I absolutely adore it. But why don't you tell us what your last show on Earth is? My last show on Earth is Into the Woods, ah. because I've never seen it. What? I've never, I've never seen it. I've seen the movie, but I've never seen it on stage. I must say... I'm on the fence about this because I've seen it once, but it, it was it was an, an amateur production and fantastic as they can as they can be. They don't represent the piece sometimes in the best way because you're looking at a, a 14 year old playing the witch. Or, or yeah, whatever. right. So sure. it's just yeah. not quite the life experience. You, you don't isn't quite get there, it. Yeah. 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 And they don't fully understand the sort of subtext and things necessarily. So um, so I'm on the fence. I, I'm going to I'm going to need some convincing. I'm afraid, Carrie. Oh, okay. really? Well, I mean, All right. you're wrong. Alistair, straight away, you're wrong, right? It's probably, oh, okay. I mean, it's one of the top five musicals ever written, I think. I you know, agree. Obviously, it was written by Stephen Sondheim, so it's now taken on a new kind of life because he'll never write anything like that again, mm. you know? But why, I mean, if you're well into musicals and you're well into fairy tales and Disney and stuff like that, why have you never seen a production of Into the Woods? I think... I think I came to it very late because I didn't really... I wasn't very aware of the musical until the movie came out. Right. And since then, there's not been a production in London or right. close enough for me to get to to see it whilst I've right. been working. Yeah. yeah. And I think there, are, there was one in Belfast right now, isn't there? Or has that just finished? That's just finished, just finished, yeah. Um, you know, with, uh, with a great cast, you know, an, mm. in an opera company. And then there's the one happening, I think, at Bristol Old Vic, the Terry Gilliam yes. one. Are you going to yeah. go and try and see that? I hope so, yeah. yeah. I'm going to give it my best shot when I'm not mm. riddled with COVID. I would love to see what he's done with it because his imagination, I think, suits this it's piece wild, really yeah. well, yeah. So, Into the Woods. Right, okay, yes. so that's your choice, but you've never seen it. So why... No. Is, is that why you've chosen it? Because there's a, yeah. you know, there's a huge asteroid hurtling towards Earth. You've got no time at all to do anything else apart from see one show. Yeah. And that's the one, and that's simply because you've never seen it. 
I've never seen it, and it's my it's I would class it as one of my favorite musicals because right. I just love the music so much, and I yeah. think it's an absolute travesty that I've never seen it. So, um, so let's talk about your dream cast. My dream cast. So I have had the honor of working with some incredible people. Um, cough, cough. Like, yeah, namely <laughs> you two. Um, so I would, I would like to make the cast up of people that I have worked with before who are phenomenal and maybe haven't been able to have the opportunity to play characters like the witch that's like a dream role for I think any woman in in musical theatre um so yeah I'm gonna make the cast up of wonderful people that I have worked with before if that's, that's all right nice. with you two that's nice because then you'll get that feeling of because then, you, then you'll get that feeling that you get when you go and watch a mate in something and you and they sort of slay and you get to be like yeah, but you get to do that on your last night for every role. It's That's very nice. The best feeling That's in nice. the world. So let's start with uh, the witch. Who would you have as the witch? The witch is my one wild card, actually. The witch is the one person who I've never worked with, but I'm desperate to work with. Who's that? And that is Jenna Russell. She's a dream. Jenna She's Russell. a dream. I've never worked with her, and I, I love her. So we've met, we've talked over Twitter, right. but I've never worked with her, and it is an actual dream of mine to be able to work with her one day. I've been lucky enough to work with her a couple of times, and she is literally sublime. I mean, yeah. uh, th- there's, I don't know, there's something magical about her performances. I don't quite know what it is, but she just, she's present. She doesn't work at acting. She just acts. It's brilliant working with her. She has an approachability, not unlike you, actually, Carrie. She has that kind of je ne sais quoi of the kind of being a very nice, lovely person who, whilst that, you know, you're brilliant on stage and everything, but you're also, you know, it's an easy person to get along with and chat. There's no airs and graces. And Jenna Russell is exactly like that. Mm. Yeah. So if she can't do it for whatever reason, will you do it? I, I, I want to be. I wasn't wife. talking to Not you, Carrie. I wasn't. I wasn't talking oh, to you, Carrie. Sake. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> would you do it, Alistair? Go on. You'd my be arugula great. and reaping my arugula. Was it reaping? Reaping. Yeah, my that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It's the last midnight. midnight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. You, you, of course, I mean, of course, you would do it, wouldn't you? I mean, it's a great role. It's amazing. I've I've always wanted to play the baker's wife, though. That's another great role. That's another great Moments role. in the Woods is my yeah. favourite song maybe ever written. I love that song mm, so much. Yeah. So I'd want to play the baker's wife just to be able to sing that song. Oh. Who would you have as the baker's wife then? My friend Molly Melia Redgrave. She right. is a phenomenal actress who played the lead in um, Doolittle, the, the recent tour, right. um, that closed early. And it was so devastating that it closed early because it, I didn't get to see it, but it looked like a phenomenal show. Yeah. Um, and she, I've seen videos of her, like sneaky videos from the wings of her playing um, the lead, the leading lady in that. Yeah. And she was absolutely phenomenal. And I would just love to see her back in a leading role. So, I mean, so she could even play the witch then? She could, but I want to I see her as the baker's wife because right. the person I've cast as the baker okay. is our other best friend, Scott John. Page. Oh, yes, yeah, Scott Stop Page. Stop recasting Carrie's show. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, and then, of course, you just mentioned Scott Page, the divine Scott Page. Yes. Who, yes. by the time this podcast comes out, people will know I'll be working with. Yes. So, um, Which I'm hugely excited about. I cannot wait to hear your stories about each other. <laughs> <laughs> he's amazing. He's one of the best people on the planet. So, and he's currently in the Adams family. 
right? Yes, he is. And yes. so he's completely bald. He's playing Uncle Festa. <laughs> Yes, uh, and and we we met on Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, which is also where I met Molly Melia Redgrave. But the two of them have been friends since they were much much younger. So they've known each other for so long that they yeah. could Amazing convincingly chemistry. play husband and wife. Oh, that's a great idea, actually. I love the idea of two old friends playing those two roles. Really, yeah. Especially because of the story they go through. Yeah, I would love to see that. That sounds like a great idea. That sounds like a great idea. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Who else have you cast? Cinderella's Prince is the next one for me because he's inextricably linked to the baker's wife. Yes. So who would you have as Cinderella's Prince? I would have Tosh Winogo Maud, who is currently in Drifter's Girl. So what was his name again? Tosh. Tosh. How do you know Tosh? Um, I've known him for a while just because I've passed him at so many events and then we finally got to meet uh, briefly on a workshop a couple years ago um, and he's just... Not only a phenomenal talent, but one of the nicest human beings I think I've ever worked with. Um, And I would just love to see him play Cinderella's Prince. Is he dashing and charming and all the things? He's everything. He's everything you would want a prince to be. Yes. And and what about the other prince? Rapunzel's prince. Rapunzel's prince would be Tyrone Huntley. What a legend. What a legend that boy is. And just the idea of Tosh and Tyrone singing Agony. Yeah. Yeah. M- makes me want to, like, take my knickers off and throw it at the stage. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Interestingly, this comes full circle to what you're doing now, because I worked with Tyrone Huntley on Unmasked, which was a concert version of all of Lloyd Webber's shows, which we were developing for a US tour, um, and Tyrone was in that. And at the end of the show one night, Lloyd Webber came on. This was at the other palace. Uh, Lloyd Webber came on and played um, some music from Cinderella, and the audience were all, whoa, this is good this is good, you know. And then he described the show, and this was like before he'd even got to workshop mm. stage. So I probably heard the music before you. Um, probably. So, you know, and Tyrone was just divine. Well, Tyrone was my first ever prince because he was Prince Sebastian in yes. the workshop for Cinderella at the other palace. Ah, right. So right. he's had a shot of being Cinderella's prince. Now I want him as Rapunzel's prince. Yeah, yeah. He's He's got a great... I love him because he's like... He, you don't know quite what to make of him to begin with. There's a lot of complexity. And then when he opens yeah. up, he's the most wonderful human being. And what a talent. His, what a his talent. heaven on their minds. Oh, my word. Oh, he, yeah. he, he was unreal in Jesus Christ Superstar. Like, I've never seen a performance like it. Yeah. And yeah. he's so unassuming because he is quite quiet as well yeah. Yeah. when you first meet him. And then he opens his mouth and it's like, where is that voice coming from? Yeah. Yeah. But he also has very high hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
we've just come on to the production of Jesus Christ Superstar at the Open Air Theatre, yeah. which, which reminded me, I've seen Into the Woods at the Open Air Theatre. <laughs> Yeah. and it was brilliant so I'm yeah. on the same page as you guys now great. that's the perfect that's the perfect <laughs> venue for that show actually Into the Woods yeah. it was you know. great I, they had uh, yeah. Judy Dent was the voice of the giant that's right um, yeah. It, was, yeah. it was mad yeah yeah because really she's I think she's a patron of the or a president or something of the, of the open air theatre isn't she was Jenna Russell not in that yeah she yeah. was Baker's wife yeah yeah yeah. yeah it's, all, it's all coming back it's all flooding back yeah, yeah and um, was it Hannah Waddingham as the the witch. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Do you know what? It's it's a shame that I don't what remember it very well because um, it was it was when I was very young, so I I wouldn't have known that I was watching all these extraordinary. Hang on, yeah, hang on. How old were you when you were very young? Well, it wasn't that long ago. Twenty or something, and I'm thirty three oh. now. You know, there's thirteen Actually, no, years ago. I don't ago. think it was thirty. I, was it God? It could have been. Anyway, that's enough of us talking. We want to talk to Carrie. Yeah, sorry. Uh, so you've got the princes. You've got the Bakers <laughs> yes. family. Uh, Jack, have you got Jack? I do. Max Harwood as Jack. Max Harwood. Max Harwood has recently played Jamie, and everybody's talking about Jamie oh, in yes, the movie. Oh, yes, of course. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. okay. Do you think that's a little bit beneath him, playing Jack? Or No. No? I think he'd be... Well, may he might disagree. Yeah. <laughs> Not in Carrie's production. Yeah. No, yeah. Why wouldn't you want to be in my production? Yeah, but, well, yeah. because, I mean, there's a meteor heading towards Earth, and you've probably got say. something better to do. So, uh, so Max Harwood, right? Okay, and you've got Jack's mother. Have you gone as far as casting that? Becky Lock. Yes, oh, I have. Oh, Becky yeah. Lock, the wonderful yeah. Becky Lock. Yeah, I yeah, love yeah. Becky Lock. Everyone yeah. loves Becky Lock. Yeah, she's amazing. <laughs> so yeah, this is a pretty good cast, but there's nobody. Um, there's nobody super famous in it, is there? No. No, they're all no. just pals that you know you want to celebrate yeah. your last night on Earth with. Absolutely, yeah. If, if a meter is heading towards the Earth. I'm not going to want to cast a random that I don't know just because they're famous. I'm not trying to sell tickets. No. But is there not a person on the planet that you would be like, oh, I wanted, I've always wanted to see them perform before I die and I am going to die, so I will put Liza Minnelli in to play the witch or whatever. No, or is there someone you really hate that you want to play Milky White so you can put them in a cow costume? <laughs> Milky White's the cow, is No, there must be somebody. Come on. Come on. <laughs> so who else have we got left in the cast? I've forgotten. Little Red. There must be others. Oh, yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, who is that? Heba El Sheik. Ooh. Right, very good. Very good. Yeah. Her voice is one of the best yeah. musical theatre voices I've ever heard, or just one of the best voices I've ever heard in my life. Um, she was Jasmine yeah. uh, in, uh, in Aladdin, and she's just... Yeah, Unreal. she's great. And again, great. one of the nicest people. She's absolutely lovely, yeah, yeah. I saw, um, they did a production at the Donmar many years ago, and they had uh, Sheridan Smith in her first professional role playing Little Red Riding Hood. Love that. And even then, everyone was like, who is she? She's amazing. Yeah. You know, because it's like one of those little roles. I think, I think when I watched it, it was one of the Strallans, like like the youngest uh, Strallan. Yeah, Sassy. I think it might have been Sas- Saskia, yeah. 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 Yeah, and another little aside, um, their dad taught me jazz dance at drama school. No way. Yeah, <laughs> Sandy. Yeah, and um, Sandy Strallen, uh, you know, Summer, Zizi, Saskia and all that, their dad was the guy in I'm Still Standing wearing all the blue stripes. You know the video, the Elton John video? Yeah. He's the dancer with all the blue stripes on. Go find that no video. Way. And that's the Strallen's dad, Sandy Strallen. Yeah. That's amazing. And we were all gobsmacked because he was like a proper celeb teaching us 
jazz dance. Love that. Which I must say, I was bloody awful at. <laughs> so I would, I can't imagine that. I, I imagine you were, you were absolutely extraordinary. Oh no? yes, I, extraordinary, but in the looking wrong way. Looking at you, yeah, just just looking at me was extraordinary. Trying to do jazz <laughs> dance, yeah. Who else have we got? Is that it? Cinderella and Rapunzel are the last two. Oh yeah. right, okay, yeah. Who have so you got? Cinder- Cinderella would be Emma Kingston, the phenomenal Emma Kingston. Yes, very very, nice. very good, very good. And Rapunzel would be Celinda Schoonmaker. Never heard of her. <laughs> <laughs> nice yeah, choice. Yeah, she's. I mean, again, I have to bring that up. Do you think? Rapunzel would be wasted on a talent like Celinda. Well, she's got the hair for it, you see. Oh, yes, of course she has. Long, blonde, luscious yeah. locks. Yes. I, I recently did a, a show with her called Mima, where she played an Italian. And I did point out to the fact that I didn't know any Italians with long, luscious, blonde hair who were nearly six foot tall. <laughs> uh, but I do know a lot of Dutch people that look like that. Yeah. But yeah. That's, a, that's a pretty good cast. And do you know what I really like about it? is it's really um, diverse, you know? Mm. That's nice, you know? That's something that you become more more aware of nowadays. Yeah, you know? definitely. So, but that's lovely. Emma Kingston, the, um, my, only, my only thing of Emma Kingston is that I sang a duet with her on a Tim Prossy Jones album. I'm on that same album, mate. Yeah, are you? And um, <laughs> this song was called Keep Your Distance and um, we recorded the duet and we never met each other. Um, we... <laughs> Yeah, I just I just had her in my ear, and um, and we we have a lovely duet, but we never. So you, actually, you kept your distance. We did indeed. We did indeed. <laughs> and it was my perfect little lockdown song when everybody was having to keep their distance. I I, I had that on my ears a lot. Really? Because it was um yeah. I did a I did a really funny Instagram post about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, is it as funny as that story? Because I'm going to have to cut all that out because <laughs> yeah. it was so boring. <laughs> no. So we've got your last show on earth, we've got yeah. your cast, and now I think is an ideal time to uh, play you this little voice note I've been sent by a celebrity <laughs> who want to ask you a question. Oh, All okay. right? And I just point out, this is 100% genuine, this is actually the person. Okay, okay. Uh, right, here we go. Ooh, it's the celebrity question. There we are. That was um, Sir Michael Caine yeah. there, yeah, yeah. sending that message wow. into you. That's very kind of him, wasn't it? Really thought it sounds like he spent a little bit of time in Wales. <laughs> um, do so, yeah. So, what what um, what male musical theatre role would you love to play? I would love a shot at playing JD in Heather's. Oh. Right. I see. Now Heather's is a show I've never seen. 
And is it, it's not really up my street, is it? I'm a 51-year-old man. Am I the target audience? You're not the target audience, but I reckon you'd enjoy it. It's just like the the kind of nature of the story and everything. It's like, I, I prefer something that's probably a bit darker, a bit more oh, mature. Oh, I think it's dark, uh, isn't A lot it? of people die. Do they? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what? I've never seen the film either. <gasps> oh. It's not Grease, mate. I don't, yeah, I don't know that, that that well, but it's it's dark, isn't it? It is pretty dark, yeah. So JD and Heather's, what what is that? Who who played that? Was, that? that was Jamie Moscato, the wonderful Jamie Moscato, who played that. Ah, <laughs> right, yeah, legend. Um, yeah. And it's yeah. just it's just such a great role because he goes through such a massive journey. He's a very traumatized um, young boy, um, but also very very charming. Gets amazing songs like "Freeze Your Brain," but then he has this song at the end called "Meant to Be Yours" when his uh, quite psychotic tendencies uh, come out and he explains how he's going to blow up their school right. because he thinks that to make the world a better place, you need to kill all of the bad people off. Right, okay. Right. It would right. work, I, sh- I should uh, think. That sounds like quite a good idea. And- <laughs> who would be, Who would be? if you were JD, who would be your Veronica? Good question. Jamie Moscato. Oh, nice. Role reversal. <laughs> we love it. Very good. Very good. No, you went viral, didn't you? You and Jamie that was Jamie with that song meant to be yours. It's uh it's gone completely and utterly viral on TikTok um because there's a section uh where he shouts and sounds quite sexy and everyone's gone mad for it. <laughs> He's got the widest shoulders of anyone I've ever known. What? I've never noticed that. What? Next time you look at Jamie <laughs> Moscato, right? Look at his shoulders. They they are un- uncommonly wide. Literally, you've got the widest shoulders. He's like, I don't know. I can't say I've ever noticed, but okay, I'll have a look next time. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you've got your last show on Earth. Yeah. You've got your dream cast. Yeah. You've told us who you'd like to play. Now, on this last show on Earth, you know, you're going to get a choice to put it at any theatre you want. I mean, where would you like to see this show? The Palladium. Boring. Yeah. I love that theatre so much. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I love that theatre more than any other theatre because it's it's one of the first places I got to perform as a kid. I was in Chitty there as a child. Right. And I just, I, I feel like I have like so many formative memories in that place. Uh-huh. And it's, it's also the first place that my brother performed when he was a child in Oliver. He played, first of all, he was Kipper in the gang, and then he moved on to play Oliver. Um, so that theatre just holds so many memories for us as a family. That's lovely. Yeah, so I'm sure you must be sick of it, though. No, because I've, <laughs> I've only been back there twice since. Once to do... Um, what was it? Was it? Is it? What was it called? It was. Oh my God! Was it tonight? The Palladium, the thing that they did every Sunday. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Sunday and night we at did the like yeah, a little. Yeah, I've done that. Yeah. And we did like a little Adams Family segment. Uh-huh. Um, and I, then the second time was just to do auditions for Cinderella on the stage. So I've right. never actually been back to properly perform anything. Yeah, how to make all the auditionees feel terrified in one fell swoop? I know. Get them to audition on that stage. <laughs> in front of Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's terrible. It's so mean, yeah. isn't it? You know. But then yeah. again, this is mine. Yeah, this is mine. This is welcome to my me. living room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the the Palladium is. I mean, it's a legendary thing. Are you? Because you're going on tour in 2023. Are you playing that venue? Yes, I am, and I'm uh, absolutely petrified. Absolutely petrified. Yeah, but why would you be petrified? Well, my my main concern that I kept texting my little tour WhatsApp group was, what if no one wants to come? Because filling out the Palladium is quite um, it's uh, quite a big thing. 
Yeah, it costs something like £35,000 a night just to hire the space. So Great. You, no, yeah. thank you for that. So you're going to no, have good, to make that. But, I mean, are you not yeah. very excited about going out on your solo tour, the dates of which we will mention at the end of this? Um, you know, 2023, you'll have come out of Cinderella. Yeah. You'll be looking for a new challenge. So have you got any plans for it yet? Have you, have you worked out what you're going to do? You've got a band, an orchestra, just a small little, you know, little setup? No, we, or I'm, going think big? I'm, I'm keeping it a little bit smaller. Uh-huh. But I, I, in my head, I'm like, I have to write this like it's a show. Yeah. And I have to perform it like I'm playing the character of myself as opposed to actually right. me. Yeah. Because I've done concerts before and have been properly terrified whilst on stage. Because being myself, I just can't do it. Yeah. I find it so hard. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Yeah, well, I see what I've had to do over the years is create uh, an onstage concert persona. Yeah. yeah. You know, something that's a heightened version of me. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm a little bit more arrogant. I'm a little bit more... You're more arrogant. You know, rude. Uh, yeah, it can even even more arrogant. Wow. And I, that's my persona. So I've created this persona on stage, which I hide behind. Yeah. It's not actually me, but people think it is. And that's that would be my one tip to you is is to take a yourself and heighten it, you know. That's very good that you've character. done that. Yeah. I I've, that, I've done I've yeah. done the thing where I've gone yeah. like I've so I've done a concert and I've gone like so I'm just gonna be myself. And I was I'll just write down roughly what I'm gonna say, but like I'll tell it in my own way and and sometimes that fails because you sort of you're so yourself that it, it, it doesn't fill a room yeah. in that way. You know. If you're playing little tiny chamber theatres, that's that's different. You can be all like sort of stammery and yourself and all like nervy and have a little bit of water. Sorry, I just need some water. But if you do that in a big venue, it doesn't quite read, does it? Yeah, it has to be theatrical. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that's very exciting, isn't it? 2023 is mapped out already. Yeah. You've got a new book out. You're in a West End show. Uh, you're doing a concert tour. Are you going to record an album as well? Um, no, I don't think so. I did it before and I loved it and I loved the process of it. Um, but doing that at the same time as doing the concerts, because the, the album came off the back of deciding to do the concerts, um, it was it was a lot. It was a lot all in one go. You've got quite a lot of lead time, though. You've got well over a year, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, what, what about, about just what, doing, what like... About a live, what about a live version? An oh, that'd work. An, an, an audio... An audio live that, at the That'd be easy as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There we go. I just made you half a million pounds. You're welcome. Thanks, mate. Can I have some money? (laughs) So in your ideal theatre, the Palladium, what's your interval drink? What are you going to sit down and have whilst you're watching this show? I'm going to have a rum and ginger beer. Rum and ginger beer. Ginger beer. Is there any particular brand of ginger beer you prefer? No, just whatever you like, whatever's available. Cheap date. Yeah. I love a rum and ginger beer. It's my favourite drink. I don't think I've ever had it. I've had oh. I've had ginger beer with like with like you know whiskey and things, but never with rum. Well, it's a very Jamaican drink, isn't it? Ginger beer, rum. You know, I, love it. I know a lot of people get very fighty on rum. You know, really? it makes people aggressive. Yeah, yeah. I can imagine yeah. you being like that. To be honest, to be honest. Shut up! No, no, not, no, not you. I was talking to you. I was talking to Carrie. Shut up! Yeah, yeah. See, quite, quite aggressive. Quite biting. Yeah. Right. So, and, and so, whilst you're sitting there enjoying the show in the Palladium, yes, watching into the woods with all your mates in the cast, drinking your rum and ginger, who's going to be sitting there with you? Who's your plus one? My plus one is my mum. I know that's a very cliche thing to say, um, but she's my plus one to. I literally just invited her to Mamma Mia in a few weeks' time. She's my plus one to every theatre date that I've ever been on. Yeah. Right. Okay. Why are you going to Mamma Mia? It's their birthday soon, and I've been invited. Oh, Aww. lovely, yeah. Oh, it's a fun show. I do love it. I've never show. seen it. Oh, really? Yeah, I've never seen oh, Mamma right. Mia. 
literally, it is exactly what you expect. Right, I and can't that's wait. what's so joyful about yeah. it. And of course, Maz Murray. Do you know Maz? Yes, yeah. Yeah, we've talked about her on the podcast before. She's an absolute dream. She's fantastic in it. Yeah, that'll be a great night out. It'd yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. How many years? Uh, I actually don't 20, know. Twenty is it? Twenty? I Must think. be. Must Gosh. be. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good day. Oh, no, 23rd. I mean, it's their 23rd birthday. Gosh, oh, yeah, the, everyone celebrates the 23rd, don't they? Yeah, it's a big <laughs> birthday. Yeah. So, and what about, are you going to take your mum to a restaurant afterwards? Uh, yes. Where yeah, are you going to go? So, this is completely imaginary because I don't think it's there anymore. Go on. Right. It was Ed's Diner behind the Palace Theatre. Yeah, Are you very kidding nice. me? No, it's gone. It's now Slim Chickens. It's got, yeah, it, I yeah, knew it was something yeah, yeah, else. Yeah. Slim Chickens. Yeah. yeah. Like Slim yeah. Pickens. That's what they've done. Very clever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've, never, I've always wondered yeah. why they were called that. But Ed's Diner. <laughs> oh, it's always one of those yeah. locations that you went to thinking, this is going to be nice. And you sit down and it's all nice. And then the food comes and it wasn't very nice. No. No. But just holds a lot of memories because that was the place that the chaperones always used to take us during oh, yeah. Lemis. Yeah, I used yeah, to yeah. love. I used to love. You used to get their. You used to get their malt shakes, and they came in the like metal bit. The that silver they tin, made yeah. It in. yeah, and yeah. You yeah. could like refill your glass from the actual like blender. That was class. Yeah. Do you know what I love about this? The whole list of things you've done is actually it's a very normal thing. <laughs> Everything's normal. There's nothing over the top. There's nothing pretentious. You know, you don't want to have caviar in the Savoy or anything. No, I think it's because I I like familiarity and I like my comfort things. And I also think for like, I don't know if if this is true for the two of you either, but going to the theatre feels like such a rare thing because we're in theatre. So Mm. it always feels like a really big event when I get to actually go and watch a show. Because so often other shows have the same schedule to the one that, I am in, mm-hmm. or if I'm not in a show, I'm doing something else that's taking up a bunch of time, so I can't yeah. go to the theatre. Or you just don't really want to, on your one exactly. day off, go to be in a theatre again. You want to stay at home and do nothing. Exactly. You know? I mean, the, there's a massive irony in the, in the fact that, as an actor, I love going to the theatre, but when I'm working, I can't. Yeah. And when I'm not working, I can't afford to. <laughs> so, also that. You know, so, yeah. Yes. Though I have to do event theatre, like, and also when you have kids, you know, I know mine are nineteen twenty now, but when you have kids, you just end up not going, yeah, anywhere. Well, well that's so, what I'm in. You now. know, I mean, I would go to the cinema all the time. I would go to museums all the time, you know, but now I don't do any of that. Mm. Um, no. And if I go and see anything, it's it's like a one-off. It's like one thing I really want to see, yeah. Which is why I've probably never seen Cinderella. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I'm saying. I, I don't know why I'm saying. I'm not going. To, I am going to go to the theatre actually. In three weeks' time, I'm going to see Mr. Tumble live. So, Mr. Tumble. Yeah. Hello, Mr. Tumble. Yeah, Hi. Is well, his last name's yeah. Fletcher? Everyone thinks that we're related. Justin, yes, Fletcher? Justin Fletcher. That's right. Yeah. Justin Fletcher. He's, yeah. Isn't he like yeah. a multi-millionaire or something? Now? I'm yeah. not surprised. Yeah. yeah, he does very yeah. well, and he's very good. Oh yeah. I mean, Ooh. I watch him every day, and he is amazing at what he does. Um, anyway, I get to go to the theatre and watch him live with my one-year-old and my two-and-a-half-year-old, so... Oh, right, OK. I mean, I should imagine the bar will be rammed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, that's a... You know what? That's a pretty good last show on Earth, I must say. Thank um, you. I don't think I'd want to watch it, but, All right. you know, but it's not <laughs> mine. But mostly because I, I'm very disappointed I'm not in it. Oh, uh, sorry, <laughs> you mate. Know, and I'm bitter about that. I want to play all the roles in Into the Woods. Yeah. You know, it is the greatest show ever written. I auditioned I for it. I just remembered. All this has come flooding, flooding back now. 
when we're talking, when you're saying that, what has happened to my brain? It's just forgetting everything. I auditioned for the wolf but then because in, in this it was like a double Cinderella's, yeah, Cinderella's Prince, Prince and yeah there's always that usually oh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah and so, yeah, yeah wolf is I mean it's a metaphor isn't it for each other it's you know predator that's the metaphor there yeah so and you didn't get it so what, no, what production was that that was the that's what that must have been why I'm just trying to think think through my logic that must have been why I went to watch it to see who played the part I didn't get oh it's Michael Zavia I was far yeah. too young yeah I was I mean Michael's like 10 years older than me I was far too young uh, okay and I and I looked young then as well. Yeah, I um, mean, you, really, you're a Jack, aren't you? I could do it now, you know. I I, I could play the. Yeah, you could do now, it now, but back you then know. you would have been Jack. Yeah. 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 Or if Jack. Carrie had her way, Milky White the cow. Now then, we've come to my favourite part of the show. Um, we have uh, when we interviewed Matt Lucas, we were inspired by something he used to do, a show called Shooting Stars, mm-hmm. where Vic Reeves used to um, ask, ask a question in the style of a club singer. I don't know if you remember that. Possibly I'm defi- too young. definitely too young. You're too young. To, well, Shooting Stars was, you know, it was a national institution. It was a wonderful Amazing. show. Yeah. But I am now going to um, sing you a song in the style of a club singer, and I would like you to tell me what the name of that song is and what <laughs> show it's from. Okay. 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 <clears throat> Are you aware what a club singer sounds like? No. Right, okay. Well, good luck with this then. (laughs) Okay. Here we go. What's that from, Carrie? Uh, I believe that is Chitty Chitty Bang Bang from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Well yeah. done. Yeah. I don't nah. know if you if you realise I've never sung that song before, and that halfway through I literally had to make it up, but I think I was close <laughs> enough. That so. was. Um, <laughs> I don't know what just happened. <laughs> <laughs> Can I do a little recap? So, Carrie Hope Fletcher, your last show on earth. You'd like to see Into the Woods. I would. You'd like to see it at the Palladium. I would. You would like Jenna Russell to play the witch. Yes. Molly Melia Redgrave to play the baker's wife and Scott Plage to play the baker. Yep. Lovely. Tosh Winogo Moore to play Cinderella's prince and Tyrone Huntley to play Rapunzel's prince. Max Harwood to play Jack. Mm-hmm. And he was in the, in the everybody's talking about Jamie movie. And you want Rebecca Locke to play Jack's mother and Heba El Sheik to play Little Red. You want Emma Kingston. <laughs> I've just realised I was talking about Emma Hatton and I was talking about our duet, not Emma Kingston. <laughs> this is all Brilliant. going so well. Goodness Honestly, sorry. baby Brilliant. brain. Baby brain is real, guys. And Emma Kingston to play Cinderella and <laughs> Good <laughs> Lord. Celinda Schoenmacher to play Rapunzel. Your plus one would be your mother. You would enjoy rum and ginger in the interval and you'd eat at Ed's Easy Diner afterwards. And then, and then you'll die. That sounds like a lovely evening. And then I die. Good. Yeah. Good. I mean, I would like to add one thing to that. I think if we are going to have anybody play Milky White, then I'll be the front of the co, and Alice, you can be the back. Yeah? There we go. And then it's perfect. I, I still get to get my dream of being in Into the Woods. 
Please, yeah. can yeah. we switch though? Please, it's important <laughs> to me that we switch places. Well, after what you told me this morning about the fact that you're on a high protein diet, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that's great. Well, that was your last show on Earth, Carrie Hope Thank Fletcher. Thank you very much. Now, before we say goodbye, we'd like to ask you to tell us your Billy Elliot joke. Now, for people who haven't heard okay. this podcast before, um, when actors audition for the show Billy Elliot, they are asked to tell a joke as part of the audition. So, if you were now to walk into an audition, <laughs> obviously you'd get a straight-up offer. They wouldn't even bother auditioning you. <laughs> but if you were to audition, what would your Billy Elliot joke be? Okay, um... No, um, keep, not keep it light. Nothing too blue. Okay, okay, okay. What do you call a building that only makes okay products? Don't know. What do you call a building that only makes okay products? A satisfactory. That's actually pretty <laughs> good. Actually pretty well good, done. Yeah. Thank there you. Yeah. Thank you very much. Did you hear that there was an explosion at the cheese factory? No. There was only debris Debris. Left. Yeah. Debris? What? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Brie. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay, yeah. Very good. Great. Um, neither of you have got the Billy Elliot job, by the way. Oh, no, it's fine. No. Based on that, yeah. Yeah. All right, well, listen, that is it. Thank you so much, Carrie, for giving us your time. <laughs> Thank you. Because you're exceptionally busy. I mean, I don't know how you even find time to catch COVID, let alone know, do right? everything else you've done, yeah. <laughs> so thank you so much for joining us on the last <laughs> show on Earth. Thank you, Carrie. Yay! So there you are, the last show on Earth of Carrie Hope Fletcher. Hope you enjoyed it. If you did, tell your friends, hit the follow button, and we'll have another episode for you very, very soon. Now, Carrie continues her run in Andrew Lloyd Webber's Cinderella in the West End, but if you want to catch her in it, you need to be really quick because the show closes in London on June the 12th, 2022. Rather controversially, may I add. But worry not, because you can catch Carrie on her UK tour, Carrie Hope Fletcher, an open book, throughout May and June 2023. She's playing Bradford, Southampton, London, Llandidno, Salford, Birmingham, Sheffield, Nottingham, Newcastle and Edinburgh. And breathe. Her new best-selling book, With This Kiss, is also out now. It's very, very good. Grab a copy if you so desire. The production we discussed, which I couldn't mention and which I'll be starring with Scott Page this summer, we now can talk about. It's The Great British Bake Off, The Musical, which opens at the Cheltenham Everyman Theatre on the 21st of July. And Terry Gilliam's production of Into the Woods, which we spoke about, opens in Bath, not Bristol, on August the 17th, 2022. I shall certainly be seeing that, and who knows, maybe Carrie can be my date. And also, who knows, maybe next time, Alistair's brain will be fully functioning and there will be fewer shocking memory lapses from him. <laughs> well, the only way to find out is to tune in next time when we ask another special guest what is their last show on Earth? On here we ask a question nobody dare to ask. If you had a day to live, what show would be your last? What is your last show on Earth? This is the last show on Earth. John. My name is Al. We've been friends a long time past. You want to know what show you'd see if you knew it was to be your last? What is your last show on earth? This is the last show on earth. What is your last show on earth? What is your last show on
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.